podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Lewis Hart for Boxing Social in association with Empire Fight Store and William Hill. Delighted today to be joined with Dan Raphael. It's been a minute, but how's things been, mate? How have you been? Things are good. I'm enjoying my summer. I'm looking forward to some uh, bigger fights as we go. Looking forward to going to Las Vegas for the big one between Errol Spence and uh, Terence Crawford. And, uh, and we're getting some good fights now. Definitely. It's an exciting summer. And I mean, the sort of the summer just gets more and more exciting. We saw an announcement uh, last week, Canelo announcing that you signed a free fight deal with PBC. Um, just firstly, sort of, sort of the initial question. Do you think this is the right decision for Canelo and your sort of thoughts on the move to PBC? Well, first of all, he didn't announce that he signed a three fight deal with PBC. What he did was he posted a video on his Instagram that was very brief that sort of showed him shadow boxing. And in that short little video, it said, uh, September of 2023, uh, you know, or whatever he said, I'm back or I'll see you then or whatever it was. And then underneath that was the PBC logo. Obviously, that means he's going to be with PBC. So myself uh, and I think others also have been reporting, talking to different people involved, that what he has done is, in fact, sign a three-fight deal with PBC that will commence with that September date against uh, Jamal Charlo, who is the current middleweight WBC champion who's going to move up to the next weight class to challenge him for the super middleweight title. So he didn't mention the opponent. He didn't mention a specific date, just said September. He didn't mention anything about three different fights with PBC. But from um, my talking to, to at least two different people who are directly involved in making that deal, that is what's going to happen. And, and uh, you know, you asked, do I think it's a good move for Canelo? And honestly, I think it's the only move for Canelo, frankly. I mean, I'm sure he got a good deal in doing so. Yeah. But when you take a look around at the landscape, of what was available. Keep in mind, of course, that he has been doing his fights for the last several years on a fight-by-fight -fight basis. He has chosen to work with uh, Eddie Hearn at Matchroom Boxing and DAZN, except for the one fight where he did work with PBC on a one-fight deal that took place uh, for his undisputed fight to unify all the belts against Caleb Plant. He had a good experience working with them. He certainly had worked with Showtime many times before that, uh, earlier in his career on some of his uh, earlier pay-per-views. Uh, and so if he wanted to stay with Eddie Hearn, uh, it's all well and good if you have a friendly relationship and and all that. But, you know, Eddie has to have the opponents to offer him. And then because he would have opponents, now you can offer him big money to do those opponents. And the same would go for DAZN. Uh, but look, Eddie's a good promoter, but he's also a realist. He knows he doesn't have the horses for Canelo to fight. So how could Eddie or DAZN in good conscience offer him, you know, a huge amount of money and not have a, a, an opponent that could generate any kind of real revenue? You know, Tonello's already run through a lot of the matchroom guys. He's already beaten John Ryder. He already beat Billy Joe Saunders in unification. He already beat Callum Smith, uh, you know, in a title fight. So, you know, he had gotten to the point where there wasn't a lot of guys of that top level to fight. So who else is out there? Top rank doesn't have anybody for him in that weight class. And I don't think they were interested to put up monstrous guarantees uh, for, again, the types of fights that aren't the big ones. And really, in the landscape of current boxing today, at least in North America anyway, the only one that you can uh, look to besides that, you know, he's not going back to Golden Boy, obviously, would have been to talk to Al Heyman, who he had a good experience with. So they've got uh, the interest to do pay-per-view. They have a, a relationship with Showtime, where they've been doing their big fights for a long time on pay-per-view. And uh, they've got the opponents, Charlo, David Benavides, David Morrell, Demetrius Andrade. I mean, those just that's just four of them, and I'm sure they could find a few others. So uh, that's what it comes down to. So I think, again, not not only did he make the right decision, he really made the only decision that made sense for him in his career at this stage of the game. 
So do would you say you don't think a sort of Bivol rematch was an option for sort of Canelo to even go down where with, with Matram? Do you think that sort of um, the, the the more sensible option would be sort of fighting the Charlos, the Benavides, the Morels? I mean, in his natural weight class at one sixty eight. Well, certainly that Matram could have offered him Bivol. So I was uh, making the point that he's not doing that fight because uh, to back up a little bit, they've had a problem agreeing on what the weight would be. Uh, the kind of money that that Bivol should make. Bivol is of the mindset, which is understandable from him and his management. Look, we beat you. Uh, we got to, you know, I don't think they would necessarily think they should get more money than Canelo, but I think that based on the victory, they believe they should get more money than they got the first time around, which is not unreasonable. But even besides the financial elements of it, they couldn't have come to an agreement about the weight. Canelo was insistent that they do the match at 175 pounds so he could challenge them under the same circumstances as he did the first time around and Canelo's perspective was I don't want to have him fight me at 168 because then people are going to complain if I win that I weight trained him okay yeah. believe that if you want uh the point of view from Dimitri Bivol is I have no reason to fight you at 175 I already beat you with no problem uh I want to have motivation also so let me come down to 168 challenge you for your titles because what's motivating and enticing for Dimitri Bivol would have been to have the opportunity to become an undisputed champion at 168 and win a title in the second weight division. So the combination of being unable to come to an agreement about the weight and the financial uh, situation, them not being on the same page, you know, that fight fell through. And really, when you think about it, that was the only fight mm-hmm. of any real consequence that Matram had to offer him. And let me tell you, the first fight between Canelo and, and Bilbo did not do big numbers. And while the second fight would have done business, I guess, you know, I don't know if it would have done less or maybe a little more, but it, it was not like a blockbuster. And that's just because Bivol doesn't have the big name recognition. Unfortunately, he's a great fighter, fighter of the year, uh, uh, but hasn't, hasn't connected, I guess, with an audience here. And frankly, hasn't done anything since last year. Anyway, B Canelo had the, the nice, uh, important and very big win over Zerto Ramirez. And ever since uh, that happened in what November of last year, I guess it was, there's been nothing. I mean, he's done some interviews and talked about how he wants this and that, but there's been no real movement from his team. They've been putting all their eggs in the basket of let me do a Canelo rematch, and they've got no seemingly legitimate backup plan. So Canelo is going to PBC where they've got uh, a big platform, apparently money to guarantee him, and and the opponents they believe that can make those big guarantees worthwhile on pay-per-view. Do you, th- do you think that there could be some criticisms of Canelo's opponent of you know, sort of as of Sunday, the 25th of, of June, the rumours are that it will be Jamal Charlo. Hasn't fought in sort of two years, heavily inactive, um, uh, you know, middleweight. Is there sort of, do you think it can be critics of this opponent for Canelo sort of uh, moving forward of someone like Charlo? 100%. I mean, but I think that the you and I might look at it like that. The average fan might look at it like that. I think the people that write the checks and do the business they're looking at it more as a three-fight thing, not a one-fight thing. So it's like, let's start off with this, and we'll figure out what the next best one is, and then the next best one is. And so uh, they also have an obligation to Charlo also, who they work with. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, anybody with half a brain would look at a matchup between Canelo and Charlo at this moment and say, that's not the best fight you can make. No one knock on Charlo. You know, he's had his problems. He's had injuries. Uh, the WBC says part of it was mental health related, et cetera. He's had some outside of the ring issues. Fine. And, uh, you know, I certainly don't wish anything bad on Jamal Charlo, but it's very obvious he doesn't deserve an opportunity to fight for the undisputed super middleweight title. As you mentioned, he has not fought for two years as of last week. He has not really had a stellar 
uh, record against top opponents at middleweight. Now, he was excellent when he was junior middleweight champion, fought good guys, uh, distinguished himself. As a middleweight, been extremely inactive, has a pretty tep, you know, pretty weak resume. His biggest win as a middleweight was uh, a competitive but legit win against Sergey Devrinchenko. That's a good win, but it's not like it's a, you know, some huge pound for pound kind of victory. But when he came back after the Devrinchenko fight, he had a, a fight against uh, Juan Macias Montiel. He won, you know, very lopsided, basically almost a shutout. But he was made to look kind of bad in that fight. It was kind of shocking to most people that he didn't get the stoppage. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's. He's a challenger, but it's sort of like, I mean, it's Canelo. He's, he's coming back to fight. You know, his last fight was a Mexico fight, this fight in the United States. So anytime he has that level of fight, it's it's fine. But no, it's not the most exciting fight in the world. And it's not like Charlo is some mega pay-per-view draw or this giant ticket seller with a massive fan base. He isn't, but that's the way it is. And if you're Canelo Alvarez and they're offering you big money and two other fights against the other uh, PBC guys, who are maybe at least in super middleweight division held in higher esteem, like a David Benavides, like a David Morrell, and like a Demetrius Andre, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And the thing is, I'll talk about the sort of the, the potential free fights, which I think obviously the, the, the ones that make the, the ones that make two sense are the first two of obviously a Charlo fight and then a winner of Morrell versus Benavides if they do fight. What I don't understand is what do you think this third fight could be? Could it be someone like Andrade or could it even be sort of I mean, there's been talks of potentially a catchweight with Errol Spence. I mean, what do you think would be a logical step for that third fight? That's the one I sort of want to know. What do you think that third fight could be? Because obviously things change in boxing, so there could be a, a, a contender come through. But uh, what do you Listen, think? Listen, to think to think three fights ahead when he hasn't even had the first fight yet. I mean, that's what we do. We talk about that. We prognosticate. We're pundits on that. But it is kind of silly because who the heck knows? Now, I have thought for years that at some point you might see an Errol Spence Canelo fight. This was when it first dawned on me was when Errol was, uh, you know, doing his damage at welterweight where he still is. And Canelo was still fighting in the middleweight division. And I'm like, that's going to be a big fight. They could draw a massive crowd, you know, well, certainly in Vegas, but in a place like AT&T stadium in Arlington, Texas, Errol is from the Dallas area. Canelo obviously has huge Mexican fan base and, Subsequent to my initial thought about that, he put, what, 75,000 plus or whatever it was for the Billy Joe Saunders fight in that building. You do Errol Spence, you're going to draw an even bigger crowd than that because of his local ties and uh, and all that. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's possible. But Errol Spence got a lot of other things to worry about before the potential yeah. of a Canelo fight. He's got to deal with a man named Terrence Bud Crawford coming up uh, in July. And then uh, whatever happens that fight, a good chance that there'll be a rematch because of the deal that they signed. So the other fights at Canelo, I mean, it's pretty obvious. You've got Charlo, which will be the fight that takes place in September. Uh, or I've also heard maybe if they can't work it out for September, maybe it goes into October. But whatever, the fall fight for Canelo is Charlo. And then you've got Andre, Morel, and Benavides, who are all excellent fighters, all undefeated, all have had uh, different types of titles and you know, and are good fighters and all that. Uh, those are seemingly the guys. Now, Morel and and, uh, and Benavides, I reported that, that, they had, that their sides had uh, come to an agreement for a fight and it wasn't me just like writing that willy-nilly and like coming up with like these you know sources out of my head or something like that this was on the record comments in the story from their promoters samson lukowitz who was the promoter of david benavides and leon margulies who was the co-promoter of david morell and they were both saying yes we we are in the process of arranging this fight and and all that and david benavides came out and said well he hasn't agreed to anything well i didn't write that it was signed I didn't write that it was official. I said, this is what the plan is, and that's what they're looking to do. And I think they still are interested to do that. 
Um, it's possible that Canelo finally signing on the dotted line could make one side or the other um, reticent to do that, thinking that the loser of that fight is going to be out of the Canelo sweepstakes. I guess that's a possibility. But certainly, if David Morrell and David Benavides were to fight each other, and I think that's a fantastic yeah, fight. unbelievable fight. The winner certainly has the public mandate to fight Canelo. I think that David Benavides already has the public mandate to fight Canelo based on his track record and his recent victory over Caleb Plant. Uh, that, to me, is a, is a huge fight in terms of uh, the pay-per-view, the interest, the ticket sales, the marketability, you know, you name it. To me, the biggest fight that Canelo can have right now in this sport would be against David Benavides. Uh, it won't be next, but I do hope that it will happen uh, during the course of this three-fight deal. Or David Morrell, for that matter, if he wins, if they end up fighting each other between him and David Benavides. How good of, how good of a fight is that between sort of Plant and Morrell, two contenders coming through? Morrell's obviously, Benavides, sorry, has obviously previously touched world title gold, but they're the logical, they're sort of the two contenders who could be next for Canelo, and they're the ones that the public are drawing comparisons to. So them fighting each other will create for an amazing fight, which I'm sure you'll agree with. I think that's a fantastic fight. As uh, as I have said, I mean, sure, I would love to see Canelo uh, get in the ring with Benavides in the fall fight. But if he's going to fight Charlo, okay, whatever. But the best consolation to that would be to have Benavides fight David Merrill. Now, I've heard some people complain, well, David Merrill's only got nine fights those people don't know what they're talking about because that's like saying, well, you know, how could Lomachenko be a champion in only his third fight or something like that? Yeah. Because they were special amateurs and they have the talent and they have the ability and they don't need to be babied and seasoned and have, you know, a whole bunch of four rounders and eight rounders and six rounders and all that. Uh, they, they were, you know, David Morrell had the type of amateur background and, and the type of ability that put him in a position where he could fight legitimate fighters pretty much right out of the beginning of his career. And he's shown that over his last few fights. He may not have fought superstar fighters, but he's fought a pretty good quality opposition in recent fights. So uh, put the fact that he's 9-0 and out of your mind. Uh, David Benavides certainly has many more fights, but turned pro at a very young age. I think he was 17 years old when he turned pro. Uh, that is a special kind of great fight, in my opinion. That would be, I think, a tremendous action fight. Both guys can punch. Both guys can box. Both guys have, you know, sort of that dog mentality in them where they're willing to, to get in there and, and, and uh, trade if necessary. Uh, I love the match. I hope it happens. And, and, and I hope it happens because, one, it's a great fight. Uh, both guys will get a big name on their record. And the winner will be uh, – there would be no other fight that they could have that would put them in a better position to get a Canelo fight should he win his fall fight. 100%. And another thing I wanted to talk about was – the whole year that PBC are having in 2023 as, as a whole, you think of the great fights that they put on and sort of just within these first six months of how good the fights have been, then potentially sort of the next six months coming forward, obviously next month we've got Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford. We could even see that again by the end of the year. You know, you've got Jamel Charlo versus Tim Zhu. How good has this year been for PBC? Sort of one of the best in a long time for any promoter. Yeah, I mean, look, the year's not over and these other fights still have to happen, but so far so good. So let's talk about Again, I'm, I don't want to nitpick on this and, and turn it into a negative thing because they are making good fights, and I appreciate that as a as a fan and as a journalist. That gives me something to cover. Uh, but the biggest fights they're putting on, all these major ones, are all pay per views. That means everybody's yeah, got to go into their pocket for an extra, you know, seventy or eighty or eighty five dollars. Uh, so that's not a good thing. But I also understand the business. They probably can't make most of those fights if they don't have to go the pay per view route. So, you know, it's sort of like uh, that's just the way the business has become, unfortunately. Uh, but putting that aspect of it aside, how could you argue with the results? They made 
for better or for worse, they were able to get Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis done. Big, huge mega fight, did massive business, was, uh, was to my mind, the biggest event of the year so far in boxing. So that's in their side. They they did Caleb Plant against David Benavides, another tremendous, tremendous matchup. They delivered a very good fight. Uh, that undercard, although not, not filled with big world title fights, was a good undercard. So that's two they got right there. Uh, now they're going to deliver uh, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, which is obviously the biggest fight in boxing that the diehards have wanted to see for many, many years, five years or so. Uh, that fight's happening in July. And, you know, there was a lot of people thought, you know what, that fight's never going to happen. They finally got it done. So I give uh, everybody that worked on it. It's obviously the two fighters, but you got to give the props to Al Heyman, to Showtime, to Tom Brown from TGB Promotions. I mean, these people, they did their work. Uh, they understand the business and they were able to get the deal done. It was not easy. So they're delivering that fight. And now they've got Canelo under contract, who's the biggest star of all of them, uh, including Gervonta Davis, including Errol Spence, including Bud Crawford, all these guys. Uh, Canelo is the biggest name out there and and they're going to deliver fights with him. Now, the, the Charlotte fight may not be the A-plus matchup you want to see, but if you think about it as the beginning, like Act 1, yeah, that's what it is. Now, you got to pay for it if you, if you, if you, if you don't want to see Act 1. You don't have to spend the money on it, but if you do, it's going to cost you pay-per-view. But the point is, he's going to take on Charlo if he's successful. You know what's coming after that. I mean, you don't know exactly if it's going to be Morel or Benavides or maybe he'd fight Andre. Now, he's had his back and forth with Andre going back to the post-fight press conference after Billy Joe Saunders when he told him to, you know, get the fuck out of here and and dismissed him completely. Um, but that doesn't take away the fact that Demetrius Andre still is a very talented fighter, still has a style to give Canelo, if you thought Dimitri Bivol gave Canelo problems with the style, Andre could do very similar things. He's also undefeated. He's won world titles in two weight classes. Uh, you know, he's a trash-talking American. He's been in the Olympics. He was a great amateur. I mean, so he's with PBC now also. I think that would be a fight that's at least on the list. Uh, I think he'll probably go for a Morella or Benavides before that. Um, but, yeah, PBC, you know, you, you, I give them credit. I mean, you know, look. When, when when any promoter, doesn't matter who it is, if they if they do a shitty fight or something you don't like or disagree with or in your mind move a guy the wrong way, you know, I write it, I say it. Never had a problem with that for, you know, 20 plus years doing this. But I'm also happy to give the credit where the credit is due when they make these big time matchups and they're delivering uh, one big fight after another. And I'm happy to hear, I'm happy to see it and I give them their props. 100%. I think the only wish, only wish I ask for as a U, sort of UK fan is I wish they sort of, the broadcast, and I mean, they don't even have sort of a big broadcast in the UK, so sort of a that, bit annoying. Surprise. You know, with 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 the level of fights that they're offering, for them to have to go the route of, and I'm not even sure some of the fight. Well, first of all, I think some of the fights aren't even seen at all in the UK, Last, yes, and others. Uh, what they 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 might put some on the fight app for a small pay per view yeah. uh, amount. Uh, I mean, I'm, is there anybody else? I mean, I don't think that the you know that any of the other outlets out there. Uh, you know, is anybody else showing any of their fights? Any of them? Sky or uh, not Sky? I mean, Sky have top rank, and um, that's about it. Like that's the only sort of UK sort of promoters that they've got. So that so would seem bit. to be the one area. I mean, again, I don't. It's, I'm sort of uh, not in tune with that totally because of being here in America. But I do hear from British fans on a regular basis. Uh, you know, either through social media, they put a comment uh, at the bottom of one of my articles on my newsletter, that type of thing. But yeah, you'd think the one the one area where PBC could improve for themselves it doesn't impact the american fan but certainly we know there's a ton of british fans would love to see their fights and uh if they could somehow work something out on a more regular basis with a british broadcaster i think that would be great for the british fans and obviously would bring more money and revenue into pbc 
Hundred percent, definitely, Dan. I've enjoyed sort of the time. It's been good to chat. Always reacting to sort of what's happening across the pond. Just as we sort of wrap this up, just wanted to sort of give a plug to sort of your newsletter and the things you got going on. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, my newsletter. I'm I'm writing it daily. I'll actually finish up something when we get done with this uh, with this little get together. But yeah, they just go on. It's a Substack newsletter. Go on uh, danrayfield.substack.com. All you got to do is put your email address in. It gets blasted out. You can either get it through your email, get it through a phone alert. If you're a diehard, you can pay a little of a, of a small fee and get even more every month, uh, and we help pay the bills. Uh, but I enjoy doing it, and uh, I try to keep it real. And uh, the one thing I can say about it, and if you ever read the little note I put at the bottom, I'm not bought and paid for by any promoter, by any network, by any manager, by any fighter. I write what I think in my opinion columns, and I write the news of what's happening. And as I like to say, Lewis, you don't have to go looking all over the internet. You can get it all come right to you in your email or your phone alert. 100%. I'll definitely be linking that in the description. Dan, thank you for your time as ever. Um, have a good time in Vegas as well. Enjoy sort of Spence Crawford. I'm sure uh, there's a lot, a lot of jealous people that will wish that they were there. But have a good time, man. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Lewis. I appreciate it too. Sports Social Podcast Network.